Hey, Agility Addicts, before we drop into our episode, I wanted to take a quick second here to mention Cody's Creations, one of our fabulous sponsors. Cody's Creations, or Carrie Beck, the creator of Cody's Creations, is a local collar maker out of Massachusetts, but she is nationally recognized and nationally ships nationally. My collars that my dogs wear at Agility Trials have received lots of compliments, and I just wanted to share where I got them from. And as you know, Michelle and I, not only are we huge fans of Cody's Creations, but we don't have a lot of pennies to rub together. Cody's Creations creates custom-designed collars, leashes, and harnesses without breaking the bank. I can't tell you how amazing, amazing her products are, and I highly recommend that you go check her website out. It's C-O-D-Y-S- C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S dot com. That will take you right to her Etsy page. Check out her products. You can also email her and ask her for any specifics. I have over 25 products from Cody's Creations. Michelle, probably more. She has a few more dogs than me. And they're just fabulous. She does biothane. She does nylon leashes, customized leather. It's just incredible. So really check her out. Little bow ties if you've got a pregnancy announcement or just want to make your dog look cute, treat totes, you name it, she's got it. So check her out. She supports us. We want you guys to support her. And best of all, you can do so by getting 15% off by using the code STARTLINE at codyscreations.com. And now I'd like to welcome you to our next episode. Thanks so much. Steady. Welcome to Start Line. Every journey is different, but they all start with the Start Line. We're here to edutain you about the world of dog agility. The sport has changed rapidly in just a few years we have been a part of it. Join us as we discuss our journeys, share our successes, laughs, and failures. We will be joined by special guests, and our hope is for you to help us grow the sport we love. Episode 32. Go! Hey guys, it's Michelle and Kara, and we're back again. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, suddenly, what two, three months have gone by? Well, let's just call it life. Come on, I mean, yeah, yeah. We're in the new year, and 2021 <laughs> for a lot of people stunk, and. You know, we could go into that later. I'm not going to say that necessarily stunk for me comparatively. I know lots of tragedies for other people. But it's it was a time suck. I'll say yeah, that. It wasn't, it wasn't very good. It yeah. just, you know, it just didn't feel like a whole lot. Yeah. And we got puppies. And so we're going to totally talk about that because that's a whole episode. Because um, Michelle went to a really cool event. We want to talk about that. Or seminar slash event slash awesomeness. Uh, but today, what are we going to talk about, Michelle? We are going to talk about the 2021 American Kennel Club Agility Invitationals. Because we both went. Both went. We both went. It was my first time. I cannot Not Kara's first time. No, it's my third time. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to ask Michelle, because 
you know, when you start going to events regularly, they're no less exciting. I mean, this it's a thrilling event, but you get used to it and accustomed. And I really enjoy watching newcomers go, and I, I, I'm there and I'm helpful, but I don't want to give them too much information because I feel like you need to experience it on your own. Um, and I would say you did. Uh, I would say you did a very fair job with that. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I wanted you yeah. to. I wanted you to not worry. I, my biggest thing, and you were very good about that. You were not. Michelle did not look like she was shitting herself. There were people there that looked like they were going <laughs> to die. My friend Mary was like, "I felt like I was going to heave," and I said, "Guys, while the event itself can be overwhelming, the fact that you got there, you should just freaking celebrate, right? Like." All that hard work and through COVID and the double trials and the, the planning and the maneuvering and the, is this trial going to get canceled? And that trial did get canceled. We got there. We're the best of the breed. So I wanted, I wanted anyone that was nervous about being there to focus on the journey to get there rather than the actual being there. And then hopefully for some, I know that made being there more fun. Yeah. So I want to ask you, Michelle, some questions because, again, this was your first Invitationals. So overarching, we'll get into the drive down there and all that stuff. Uh, but what what is your initial reaction when you got there compared to everything that you envisioned versus the reality? Where does that fall? So I think I think you did a pretty good job explaining the event without giving away too much detail. I think it was pretty much as I had expected. I mean, the convention center itself is pretty overwhelming. <laughs> so, <big. laughs> it's so big. It's like, how is that a building? It's like, it's like a metropolis all under it's, a roof. It's insanity. How big? I mean, you, you figure we had three rings of agility. I, I don't even know how many rings of confirmation plus the grooming area plus dock diving plus obedience. I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming. Plus vendors. Plus the massive creating space that used to be more dock diving because they used to have two pools. Like that was a smaller version of what it's been. Wow. Yeah. So that was overwhelming. But I think going into it, it actually, to me, I actually felt surprisingly relaxed. I think the environment was jazzed. Like I think it was exciting and electrifying to be there. But it still, it felt kind of like the version of the Northeast, like the cluster to me, like it, it had that, it had that spark to it, but at the same time, everybody was just so happy to be there and everybody was just so supportive. And I mean, I, you know, I asked lots of questions and I felt like everybody was there to help one another. Yeah. I have to say, and this is where I want to also ask you more comparative questions because you have been to NAC, National Agility Championships, AKC, and I have not. So I envision that kind of like invitationals, but on steroids. And while invitationals is madly competitive, I feel like everybody, it's, it's kind, it's fun. It's, and I'm not saying nationals isn't, I, I don't know. And I want to ask you, but there's some, there's some magical spark about invitationals that even though we're all there competing against each other, it's just so much fun. Like, you know, even just at finals with Amy Gilmer, who is Frank Gilmer's wife, she's handing out chocolates and, and um, stickers and just, you know, anybody needs a blanket. Like, she made invitation the finals fun. She does every year. Um, it, it just, you know, I'm just curious as to 
well, we'll jump into it. What is what to you are the main differences between invitationals and nationals? So the biggest thing between them for me is how the size, the sheer size of everything. Nationals is when I went in 2019 to Tulsa, Oklahoma, was six rings and it was spread out amongst different buildings. So it was to me, nationals was actually more overwhelming because I had to figure out like a whole ground system, like a whole fairgrounds of where I needed to be and what we needed to do. Don't you feel like a genius when you figure that out though? Yeah. Like yep. I've, I've only done the cluster and the cluster's not hard because it's four rings if you have one dog. But when you get into two dogs and then three dogs and two different rings, it's maddening. But again, we had some systems in place. Our secretary was amazing. So, But yeah, I'm curious to see how I do with two dogs, two different heights at nationals this year in Florida because I will be going as you're going too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I Like when I went to Tulsa, I don't know how Ocala is going to be set up. I don't know how they're going to set up with the World Equestrian Center, but to walk from where my stall was to the furthest ring was like a half a mile walk there and back. Oh, Ocala is not like that. So I've been there for the premier cups. The stalls are right next to, there's only four buildings. They're massive. So we're going to be in either all of the four buildings or cause they could do two or three rings in one building. No problem. Yeah. So they'll probably use like, they'll probably use two buildings. Two. Yeah. They could do three rings in each or maybe if they ring, do three, but yeah. they're, they're very close. Like, it's not yeah, a problem. And at Invitationals, it's like the rings are right there next to each other. Everything is very centralized. Everything was very well marked. It was very easy to navigate. When you got in there, they had their system down. We they, were, they were very communicative with their emails. Like I felt very prepared going in there. And I did with Nationals too. But but strictly for, for Invitationals, it was it was pretty much as I had expected it. Except, you know, there is a different like excitement because it's not just border collies it's not just shelties and papillons and there's so many different breeds that some of them had to work their tails off every single trial to get qualified i mean some and there of them are other got breeds that you never po- even knew existed right right some of them got in by one point our friend linda who runs o'connor the german shepherd preferred got in by one one point yeah, there's the uh, – I'm going to have to look it up, but I'm still probably going to butcher the name. The Kugahagajagilangi. <laughs> the Quaker Hunjin? Yeah, that one. <laughs> I'm not even going to look it up. You know it. Okay, and then there's another one that looks like a greater Swiss mountain dog bred with a basset hound. The Enel Beaker mountain dog. That one! <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad I didn't do any research on this episode because Michelle apparently is the AKC. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed seeing those breeds. Uh, one of my favorite breeds that I love watching to run, oddly enough, is a Pumi. I Every year, I enjoy watching the Pumis. They're way more agile than I, I just expected. I, I don't know why, um, but I, I really enjoy watching the Pumis. That's one of my favorite breeds. What was one of your favorite breeds to watch? So the breed that stuck out to me, and there was one that absolutely blew me away and just you just don't think of this, a greyhound. Oh, yeah. So everybody loved the greyhound. That The brindle greyhound was my friend Sarah's friend. Um, and they were really nervous about getting there. But, yeah, it's very interesting to see a, such an agile sight hound put its body, its long, thin body through, like the weave pulse. It was just so, it's such an ordeal for them. 
Yeah. Yeah. So them I, and the Great Dane. I mean, those the Great Danes always because they make agility equipment look small when they run around the course. I'm always impressed at how they can go through those tunnels. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I I didn't want to get caught up watching too many runs before mine because mindset, but. When I sat down in between runs and I was able to just see so many different breeds run, that was a huge highlight for me. Yeah, it's it's just so nice that the AKC has this to showcase the breeds. And, and again, I don't I don't mean to pick on the BCs, the Papillons, the Shelties, you, you know, the, your your traditional agility breeds, and they're represented too, but equally in numbers as us as the other breeds. I think that's what's nice about the invitationals is I get in, and speaking of mindset, I get in the mindset of I'm not only there because I'm top of my breed, I'm there to showcase my breed. And I'm there to put my breed against all the other breeds and let's see how we pan out. My mindset for nationals is I have no intentions of winning anything. I'm, I, And that's not to disparage myself. I do not have a dog that could potentially win. And again, but... I am going to have fun. I am going to watch amazing runs. I'm going to buy swag. I'm going because I'll probably need a vacation in a few months. So, and I love a road trip. So nationals to me is a different mindset. I'm going to have different, different goals, but they're actually going to be quite similar. My first goal, and I want to talk about your goals for invitationals. My first goal for invitationals was just one cue. My goal for nationals is to actually not even cute, just run well. It's Phoenix's first large event. Westminster was supposed to be, but uh, oops. Thank you, <laughs> Omicron, or however you say you, variant, COVID, never goes away. The pandemic! <laughs> <laughs> Haven't brought that out in a while. But um, yeah, so how, how was your mindset with the Invitationals versus the mindset with Nationals? Kind of talk us through that. Like what, where were so, you? And comparatively, where did you come from? Well, so the Nationals, I actually ran Nationals with Riley. So it was a little different because there are two different, Riley and Sirius are two different beasts. With Riley, it was our first big event. And I had, similar to you, I wanted, I wanted, I was hopeful for AQ. I didn't go into that expecting a perfect score every single run. I didn't expect finals. Could Riley have made the finals? Yes. I just wanted to go have fun and potentially get one cue. And we did. We did have one cue. And I cried my eyes out when I got out of the ring because she's not an easy dog to run. And to cue on my very first run at a national event, you know, that was that was it for me. Once that happened, it was all just gung-ho from there. So I didn't have big, big dreams and expectations that I felt were unrealistic going into nationals. Um, invitationals, I ran with Sirius. He was running as the preferred dog. And just a couple months prior, we had made finals at Westminster. I had much higher goals for him. In hindsight, I probably had too high of a goal. And I probably psyched myself out a little bit with that, with that goal. I was hopeful that, that we would make it to finals, potentially make the breed medal. Because I know we can. I know he could do it. And I ended up making some poor handling choices that kind of got in my way in my head. I can relate. Yeah. I, I got cocky. <laughs> so <laughs> I, you know, first year, just get a cue. 
not, not to brag, but the first year, not only did I take the time to beat class, which is a warm-up run, I took it. I won it. I then proceeded to run clean and make it into finals and place eighth. I was like, life doesn't get better than this. The next year, I went in with a proper mindset, and I said, look, you can't beat the first year. Go in. Go have fun. I actually dropped a bar, and I was like, I'm done. And I was like, you know what? No. No, I looked at the board and she was like, I don't know, maybe 18th, 19th. She was down there. I was like, if I just run this last jumpers run hard and fast, and my girl loves jumpers, maybe, just maybe. Why not? Doesn't hurt, right? Ran it so hard, so fast, made finals, then placed second. I made the big mistake of going in this year being like, oh, I, I can make finals, right? I can make finals. And we did very well till that standard run. And Debbie's contact recently, I'd say two or three years, has been pretty solid. Like, I know when it broke and why it broke. But I pushed her. I sprinted down a dog walk, and I blinded so far and so fast that she was like, oh, we're Superwoman? Okay, mm-hmm. let me show you Superwoman. And I literally, I was riding, like, I was in the top, I think at that point, 15. I was riding, and I was one dog walk call away from finals. And it was all because of that fatal cocky mistake. I should have run safer and I was running faster. But do I regret it? No. She ran, I mean, yeah, it does not make finals, but she ran <laughs> so, she ran her, she's eight and a half and she just kept, she kept running so great. So the experience, the event, the runs don't regret a single one of them. No. But I just regret my handling on that dog walk. Yeah, you were very far ahead of her. I was very far. It was impressive, honestly, to send out. To I know. I dog hauled, walk. like you got that far. Ahead I hauled <laughs> my butt down there, but was unnecessary. It was completely unnecessary. It was over, overdone, and it bit me in the butt. And yeah. I didn't make finals, and that's fine. That's fine. But so yeah, I uh, mindset is very important. I went in with the so wrong mindset. Important. It's so important, and there's that fine line because you don't want to be so cautious that you're holding yourself back, but then you don't want to be so cocky. And I I think I, so Sirius got third in time to beat. Nice. And he had a nice fast run. He was clean in round one. And I think I started to get a little cocky. And I went into invitationals. I had actually, once we got the place, like once we secured our spot at the end of June, I... I ended up breaking his start line to get to invitationals because I allowed him to break and I released him too early because I was afraid he would break his start line because I've been working a lot of enthusiasm at the start. So with that sometimes comes some other things. I had actually sacrificed double cues to get his start line back before we went to invitationals. Whereas if he broke a start line, I did a fix and go and I sacrificed the whole run. On, on double cues because my goal at that point was to have a decent start line going into invitationals and his seesaw. His seesaw is a little iffy, which we're currently on a break and we're trying to fix it. I got to round two and I, I allowed him to push the start line and I released him early. I kind of resorted back to that and I wasn't where I needed to be and it caused me five errors. We had five faults in that run. That was in standard? I thought that was in hybrid. No, it was in standard. Hybrid, he had the, he had a bar. Uh, he That was also the start line. I said I was just going to make him stay there, and he broke. He broke his start line 
and I just opted to run and I was late for another cross. Yeah, you and needed I a start line. The, I will say, um, and if we get our crap together, we'll post the, the maps and everything. <laughs> but you can also find them on the AKC website. <laughs> uh, I will say the courses this year all had starts that were not amenable to non-start line dogs. It yeah, generally was like Riley. a jump, jump, hard, hard turn. Uh, it was typically that for most of the courses and just so everyone knows the run order it was jumpers then standard and again those do not count towards regular classes because the standard did not have a table and then the next day it was hybrid and jumpers and hybrid is essentially a time to beat so I felt the courses were fun but they they mimicked even though they were from different judges we had Don Farage we had um, Sue Barnett we had uh, some names I can't pronounced the woman linda. there were new new to us judges mm-hmm. there. well there was the woman that had just done the eott tryout oh the linda kip yep and it was and there was another sue or susan it, they they had a little bit of a pattern with the starts i felt like yeah. it was you know jump jump hard turn and then get into the course and i'll tell you another theme or pattern of the courses i noticed were uh, tunnel to weaves yeah and then if it that went, that one got a lot of people, that one got a lot of people, especially when the tunnel was a little offset and they had to go into the weaves and the dogs did not see them and they weren't getting the entrance. They were fine. I, I have no, I have no like complaints about the courses, but I, I didn't like, Oh my God, I love them. But I will say they had patterns in them, which I haven't seen before. Again, I've only been to two, but I've never seen from that many judges a, a pattern arise, which was interesting. It, it, you know, it was fine. So, yeah, that standard course ate a lot of people. And for no particular reason, I do not feel that that standard course was, there was not one part I felt that your start line got you, my dog walk got me, um, with Debbie. But with Walter, so I went in with a little different. Debbie, I had, we don't train before invitationals. That dog absolutely can do whatever she wants. I just run her. I'd run her and try and focus on connection. I've been working a little distance and layering just for chits and grins. Walter, when I knew he got in, so I had six months to train a dog walk. We all know I'm lazy and I'm not. So Laura Dolan probably doesn't want me to tell everybody this, but we hodgepodge together a backup plan. This is not dog training. This is limping through invitationals because theoretically you have one dog walk. And if you make that one, you have another one in finals. So worst case scenario, you have to have two dog walks. Well, Walter nailed his dog walk. And that's because I reached into the old empty pocket and pulled out the fake cookie. He nailed it. Back foot, deep and in. I was super proud. But, and I was super proud of many of his runs because he is generally slow in the weaves because he stresses. He was moving so fast in the weaves in that standard run, and this is what got us. It was weaves to a tunnel. And for excited dogs, it's real hard to stay in those weaves when you see that (laughs) tunnel straight ahead. And Walter was like, 10 weave poles is all I have to do. But, proud moment, I caught him, because this is where you have to think on your feet. It's not just, ugh, get the E, you know, get the wrong course, get the this, get the E, because you get a zero. I said, look, this dog could still have a fighting chance. I saw a lot of dogs go down in a 24-inch class. So I pulled him back. I kept him off the tunnel and two jumps. Got him back in the weaves, and we still had like a 50-second run. Not a good time, but with that one fault, I, w- I was actually pretty proud of that run. I was pretty yeah. darn proud of that run. He did really well. He did. He did awesome. So I reached my goal of get the dog walk. I didn't see the weaves coming. And you know what? Fine. That's okay. All right. That's yeah. Cool. And then 
again in jumpers, we had it was like jump, jump, hard front, hard turn. And Walter was like, I'm done with this start. He's like, I'm going to go visit Sue Barnett and give a little hop. The so, Walter Show came out. The Walter Show, which it did not come out the first year. I didn't expect it. And bop, there it is. I'm also, I'm pretty sure that the jumpers, yeah, the jumpers run, you guys were in ring one, which in ring one is the ring where the announcer will read your bio that you submit to the AKC. So... I think they had literally just gotten to the part where you said in your bio, he keeps me on my toes. And he literally pulled out the Walter show and was like, Hey judge. Yeah. So it was a little bit before, but the timing was impeccable. He doesn't come off the start line cause he's distracted. So I go Walter and this is embarrassing. I don't want to run like that. I put the video up and now I kind of almost want to take it down. Not my finest moment, but I can't get him off the start line. So I go Walter. Then we go to do the front. He disengages. Walter, that's when he does the Walter show. Then I do one more, like, screaming Walter. People knew in dock diving I was running Walter. <laughs> and then the announcer, because she's now watching this. She waits her time, and she goes, and this is Walter. After the third time, <laughs> I screamed at the top of my lungs, and, she, and he's in the weaves when she goes, and he likes to keep Kara on her toes. Yeah, I knew what I was writing in that bio. So, yeah, I mean... It is what it is. I'm now in this conundrum, and people are going to call me a hypocrite. I know. I've retired him like five times. I'm kind of at the point where he really is pretty well-trained. I could work on speed. I could work on a lot of connection, of course, and I always work on that. But if I just fix his dog walk, or sorry, train his dog walk, he's actually a good contender. He is. So I would like to take three next year. That would be cool. Yeah. I would I would like to go again. Yeah, I was going to ask you, are, are your plans to go again? I would like to. I, um, I'm going to stick to my guns of the initial plan for this year, which is to finish Snitch's Confirmation Championship, her breed championship, and maybe get some hunt tests and field titles on her. So I will be doing a little bit less agility. But when I pulled the report recently... Um, we have a pretty decent lead. So I think with our plan, we could still make it happen. Yeah. So that's something that people need to understand. Invitation yeah, is not just about, you know, trying a lot and, and it's, it's a numbers game to an extent. So little known fact, you can look at the top dog. So you can go for free. This is all for free. You can go on the Invitational's AKC webpage that they have, and they have. you can pull down the documents where you can search for the 2022 top five by breed. It will not and it's put listed them, alphabetically. Correct. It will not put them in numerical order, in point order. It will put them alphabetically. But at least you know who the top five are. Then you can go into your account and dogs of interest. You can choose dogs that you do not own, and you can search the dog by name, which you will have from that report for the top five list. And you can put them in and you can see like from now, you have six months from now, you can see their points and you can then figure out their point progression from there. That's the inexpensive but laborious way. Or you can just pay for the reports. But what this is, is it becomes strategic. So Michelle has looked at the reports and knows that she's X amount of points ahead. So she can have this time to get her other goals with her other dogs. For example, I was just the past couple days, I was 77 points behind the lead boxer for 2021. Now, this is different from invitationals. This is a ranking of the top dog for the year, year to date. 
Jan 1 to December 31st. 77 points. Two days. It would have taken a miracle. A miracle did not happen. But I am still so proud that this dog that I had to put away for two years that would run so stressed is now the number two boxer and almost the number one boxer. And the number one boxer is freaking impressive. Not only is he fast and amazing, but they really came together this year and they are consistent. And that's the that's a double-edged sword right there. So now I'm going to work on speed and confidence with Phoenix continually, but I have got consistency. I am so proud of that consistency. Yeah, you should be. So, and we each have our so things. Far. So far. She has come so far. So start lines and everything that, that you're going to work on. What other goals? So what are your, what are your nationals goals? Because we have nationals coming up. Which we're supposed to be again. Westminster. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have invitationals goals. So just so everyone knows, invitationals point progression, the co- accumulation of points ends June 30th. Yeah. The invitationals year is July 1st to June 30th. Mm-hmm. Not to be mistaken with the regular year like Kara was just talking about. Right. So what are so you? We're almost halfway through. We are halfway. Through. No, we are halfway. Yeah, we, we are, are halfway, halfway through, through now. Mm hmm. So what are your, we know your invitational goals are still to get him. You, you have other goals with other dogs. What are your nationals goals? My goals for nationals. I was actually, well, obviously we were hoping for Westminster. My goals right now, I am highly focused on nationals, but I'm also on a break right now. So I am on a trial break. And in that time, I am working on my start line and my seesaw performance with Sirius. I've also been working on independence in the weave poles with him. So my goal is I am currently on break until mid-February. I'm not going for double cues. I'm going purely for training and to work that start line and to get his new seesaw criteria fixed. And that's what well, I've been working on I think that's sensible and reasonable. I mean, a POC 2 versus skills that you need for nationals is like, Pac 2 doesn't get you anything for nationals. Right. Right? So, no, I think that that makes perfect sense. And yeah, so I don't, I don't care what happens in terms of runs and cues. Um, I'm not going to let myself get caught up in the I need the double cue mindset. I'm purely start line seesaws and then, like I said, just independent weave pulls. So those are those are my goals is to is to be able to walk away from him at nationals and trust that he's going to stay until until I release him because I I thought I had it better for invitationals and it still needed a lot of work obviously so we have some homework and I'm taking invitationals and all of that as information Mm -hmm. for our next big adventure every NQ is a pile of information that's exactly how I feel with Walter so I he doesn't need to be number one number two number three dog at all for invitationals he just needs to hold that fifth spot right now he's like second or third well third I don't care as long as he stays fifth. So I'll keep him trialing just to keep him regular. But I want to be able to do what I do with Phoenix and used to be able to do with Debbie and just run and ignore the dog walk. And I did that this weekend and he actually got it. We had some tricky courses because we had an ISC trial after a regular trial. And so the regular trial was clearly either nested or built or designed at max yardage to mimic in preparation for the ISC, which was fine. They were fun, different courses. But the dog walk was in the middle of the run, and we had to do a front right afterwards or a blind, a side change. Anyways, I was really proud of him this weekend for doing that. And so 
that's, I've always joked about it. Like, oh, I've never trained the dog walk, but I have six months. I finally have access to a facility. Why not try? Right? Like, right. I'm going to try. So that's kind of where I am with him. If I can keep him in fifth, Phoenix, I'd like to get him, get her first. And Debbie, <laughs> Debbie is like, I can, <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can stop now. I can stop now. But anyways, let's get back to invitational. So you walk in this building. Because I really do want to get across, and this is why I love that it was your first year. I want to get across that magical feeling when you go in there. Because it is magical. The excitement leading up to walking into a building. (laughs) (laughs) And driving through the traffic of Orlando. Mm. To get to this building is kind of hard to describe. Yeah, Because you're literally, you're literally like giddy. It's like you're almost going to Disney World you know, mm-hmm. as a kid. You're like, what's with, you know, let's go. You have no idea. You just know it's big and you know that it's exciting. And you can't wait to get on the ride. And, you- <laughs> <laughs> and then you wait in line and then you get your stuff. And and then you're like getting your first number, your number pinned to your back. And then it starts to really feel real. And then you're trying to keep up the schedule. And you know that it's being live streamed. So you you're telling all of your family to watch you and you're posting on Facebook. This is our schedule. And you know that you have so much support like online or with your family. Like I will say my, my dad came this year, which made me a little nervous at first because in the past, anytime family has come to watch me live at a show, it's never usually gone well, (laughs) (laughs) but he came and he, well, one, he actually got to really see what we do. Because it's kind of hard to describe to certain people. Yes, it is. The exact, like, depth of what we do. So he got his first experience watching it live, which I thought was really neat. To see so many people cheer you on online, on social media, and family, friends. My my boss was was actually, she was watching. That's cool. And she, and she was texting and... It was really cool. And, you know, we saw so many New England teams. Yeah, there was a lot of New England teams. A lot yeah. of New England made it. It, it kind of actually helped a little bit mm-hmm. because I felt like there was some of that comfort of home like that. Our community was there. It's our community was there. Exactly. So you weren't in this. Like when we went to nationals, it's so big. You don't really know a lot of people. And not everybody goes because they know like. Nationals is just a, it's a different breed of its own, but at invitationals, like you all, like, you know, like with a, with a breed, like golden retrievers, like we, we watch some of our local people trial and fight for their spot to get there and what they had to do to earn their spot there. And to see them at that event with you, you kind of share that feeling of like, we're finally here. We get, this is what we've been working all year for. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I will say. I let myself down a couple times this year. First year, I set a reasonable goal and I had low expectations and it blew them out of the water. Second year, same goals, blew myself out of the water. But they always called me the agility mom. I print everything. I highlight everything. I know everything. This year, for some reason, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. My friends, Melissa and Sarah, were like, how do you not know what ring you're in at what time? I was like, I have to look it up. I have to look it up. And I, I became, it was like this odd dichotomy of complacency with cockiness, right? Like I was like, I got this. And then at the same time I was like, 
I just can't care. And it was weird. And, it, you know, I did really well despite this weird mood I was in. But, yeah, I think I think my only disappointment, and this is so minor, so minor, but because you didn't experience it, I'll tell you now. The second day, so Time to Beat's the first official day, but it's really not. It's just a warm-up run. The first day, I should say, we walked in in the past, and this has been it for a long time. Yukonuba is the sponsor. Thank you very much. And Yukonuba would come in and take all of our crates and blanket them with literal blankets. Those pink blankets that you all see that we have. They didn't do that this year. They did, and again, sponsorship. You did kind of hint at some of that, and I was when I came okay. in the next day, I was like, she said blanket, right? <laughs> yeah, we got these bags. <laughs> and they were filled with dryer sheets and some treats. So, again, I know I sound like such a snot, but it's only because they set the precedence. If that's what we got every year, cool, great, thankful, grateful, right? And, and we, I don't feel like we pay a lot for this. We do, we sacrifice a lot to get there, but I don't, the event is expensive, but we sacrifice a crap ton to get there and we spend a lot to get there. Again, yeah. I'm, I do not want to come off as entitled, but the blankets, which were probably cheaper than the bags, I don't know, were so just, it's so fun. You walk into a sea of pink. That was my only true, like, ho-hum, huh. Everything else about the event was amazing. They, you know, of course, the, the way that they run it, the organization, the electronic gate, the results, all of that is amazing. I don't want to disparage that. But you, Kanuba, if you're listening, which I doubt it, but if you are, <laughs> I'll take a blanket. I, I love those blankets. The sea of pink is really special. It's, it, it's odd to, to seem that it's so special, but it's special. Bring it back. <laughs> that was send my care, only send care of blanket. Send me a blanket. That's my. I only mean, I would like. I'll take one too. Yeah, that was my only like true disappointment in the event. Otherwise, again, spectacularly run. I'm gonna tell everybody a secret. If you are trying for invitationals and you make it, do not park for agility. In that front parking lot, there is the Watson stoned grass grassy knoll parking lot that is where you want to park it's still ten dollars but that's your little secret tip that's one thing that michelle benefited from as um, gold mine is a gold mine because the walking it saves the amount of walking on that cement floor so but yeah. speaking of like driving and parking how was your ride down actually michelle did a very kind thing this is where agility is a community I had a friend of ours, a um, mutual friend, reach out. She's actually a veterinarian, a veterinary pathologist that helped me through a litter. And she said, oh, Kara, can you pick up my stuff? Because we get bags in our vans and you get swag there. Because I can't make it. My They had planned to drive down with the husband and all the dogs. They have several dogs. The RV engine, something's wrong with it. I can't make it. And I was like, you can't just, you can't just give up. This is like three or four weeks before we're going. I was like, you can't just say you're not going to make it. Like, there's got to be somebody. So then I was talking to our trial secretary and we were talking about uh, my friend Melissa who her dog ended up having an injury, but she was still going to go. She ended up being our videographer and photographer. She was amazing. And I was like, Maureen said, why can't Patty, our friend, our veterinarian friend, ride with Melissa? And I was like, oh, well, Melissa's going down early for an ortho appointment. But then I was like, Michelle. And I didn't want to put Michelle in an awkward spot. So I texted Michelle quickly. I was like, hey, look, you know, Patty might ask you. And I told Patty, I said, hey, it's worth reaching out. And Michelle, take it from there. How did that work out? How did how did your ride down? You did a you did a good Samaritan. 
<laughs> you, you hauled a, a desperate friend down and she made fire. Well, I think, you know, I was just going to say, I feel like, I feel like we should, we should have her on to talk about right. her experience. We should interview her. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't even planning on coming because no. of the RV breaking down. And then she goes and makes it to finals. So yeah, she, it was like, it ended up being like a couple days before we were leaving. And then okay, she had texted me. It felt like me, two weeks. <laughs> it I was guess. a couple days, but that's all right. It's <laughs> a little bit more dramatic. I'm sorry. I left those details out. <laughs> I was planning on making the drive alone, which is not my first time doing the two-day drive, but it was the first time doing it alone. And Patty is, like, like, like Kara said, she's a mutual friend. She's worked a lot with my husband, who is also a veterinarian, on a bunch of different things. And... We both work in pathology, so we have a lot of common interests. And she texted it, explaining the, the motorhome was down and asked if I would mind taking her. So I was pretty stoked because I didn't have to make the ride alone now. But I was also a little nervous at first because I had never carpooled with somebody. I have caravaned, but I have not carpooled with somebody for that kind of duration. So I said yes, and... Our schedules, like our plan, worked out perfectly. We actually, we made a very seamless trip down. We had no traffic. We had an awesome trip down. We stayed at a nice hotel in between. And kind of the same thing on the way back. We did end up hitting a little bit of traffic on the way back. But, I mean, it was, we we talked the entire time in that car, in the ride. It was awesome. So, we also ended up having an extra room available in the Airbnb that we were staying at together. So it all kind of fell into place really nicely. I mean, the dogs got along well. We did really well together with all of us in the house of just kind of, if we were kind of coming and going, you know, dogs on leash type thing. Yeah. And then Patty, who didn't even think she was going to go, her last invitationals was, I think she said six or eight years prior. I think it was eight years with Dana Blue. Yeah. And she went with her German short hair pointer switch. Not only went five for five, made it to the finals for 24 inches, and ended up placing fourth. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who wasn't even thinking she was going, and I'm sure, and I'm sure the fact that she was even able to go kind of helped her, where she was just like, I wasn't even sure I was going to be here. So yeah. <laughs> let's do this. And also, not for nothing. I mean, you could say this about a lot of people, but I truly mean this. Patty is genuinely. The nicest person. Like, the nicest. And it's not like fake, annoying, nice. It's just this genuine, like when you say nice and you flip through the Webster Dictionary, a picture of Patty comes up. Like yep. genuinely the kindest, nicest, pleasantest person ever. And she's so easygoing. So easygoing. Like she was like, I will sleep on a couch. She's yep. like, I don't even care. I mean, I, I did not sugarcoat this extra room. We had this extra room. And of course, we'd all like to save a buck or two, right? But this extra room, it literally said pull out couch. I was like, Patty, it's a couch. I don't know how it operates. She goes, I can sleep on anything. I was like, okay. I mean, I did not sugarcoat it. And she, she, she was fine. She's fine. Yeah. And I mean, and. She just hopped in my car. I mean, we were packed to the brim. But she hopped in my car and we put her dog in one of my crates. And on we went. And it was it was seamless. I, I couldn't have asked for a better trip well, down and back. That and she, she was so fun because... 
Oh, and she's we also exposed her to a lot of different foods. We and exposed things, her to different foods. <laughs> she was genuinely interested. In, so boxers, I guess I just take it for granted. They play differently. They act differently than other dogs. And all breeds do, right? But she's genuinely interested in how your dogs play and their expressions and what they're saying and meaning. And It's just, she was a lovely addition. It, it was it was fun to have her. And I'm just so thrilled. That, to me, was kind of the highlight of Invitationals is that. Yeah. And I made, the one thing I did do that I feel great about is I made this Invitationals about other people. There were others from New England that it was their first time and they were super nervous. And I really, my goal was to just dissipate that and celebrate their runs and their successes. And so I really, I really enjoyed doing that, especially when I knew I wasn't in finals. It then quickly switched to who can you pick from New England to just, and I don't mean to be regional, but well, no, I'm not regional. I was very happy. I have my friend Terry Ann Breach, who's from Ohio and she and Walter, sorry, Scout, her Abizan hound, and Walter have a love affair. And Walter is allowed to and enjoys ramming up her hoo-hoo. And Scout likes it. But Diane Fife, a judge and a, a worker who was, you know, like working outside the gate, was genuinely concerned that I was affecting Scout and like came up to me kind of sternly, was like, You shouldn't do that. That's inappropriate. I was like, No, 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 Terry Ann and I have a it's okay. And every time Walter did that, she cued. And the one time we were at a weird run order, he didn't do it and she didn't cue. And so we've been carrying that from Ohio from pre-COVID days. Like, it's just, it was fun to see, you know, I have a lot of Ohio friends because I traveled out to Ohio and went to a bunch of trials out there. And that we actually were grouped with the Ohio people. I loved where we created. Yeah. It was just off the beaten path, but super close with everybody and, and honestly, you could create, you literally could just take regular crating and you're not far away from anything. But I really enjoyed where we were and the camaraderie and, and all of that. And Yeah, I did too. Yeah, our drive down was the same. We hit no traffic, even the drive back. I left Richmond, Virginia, like expected to hit DC at between eight and nine o'clock. That express lane, shoom, gone. You don't hit, I didn't hit anything, nothing except for Orlando traffic. So, yeah, and, and I travel really well with Sarah. I, I'm, I'm a very strong type A personality. I'm very picky. I did get crabby at one point at the, at the house. I was overtired. But it, we just travel well together. She's really, really kind and appropriate. She'll be on her phone. I'll be zoning out listening to a podcast. When I want to have a conversation, she engages. It just works out perfectly. When I need to stop, she needs to stop. We generally are on the same schedules. We're on this, like, get it, get the dog out, get it back in. Like, we're... We're rapid fire. We don't mess around. I, 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 it sounds weird to have joy in a road trip, but part of the excitement, a small part of it, is the road trip. Oh Well, honestly, I mean, not for nothing, but we spent four days in the car <laughs> and three days competing. So <laughs> we spent more time in the car than we did actually there. We did. We did. But, that- we, you know, I think we all, considering, considering too, like, I mean, I've met, I mean, I know Melissa and you, obviously. I've met Sarah a couple times, but I've never actually stayed with her. And we knew Patty, but Sarah didn't. So considering, like, we had this, like, dynamic of, like, people who had not stayed together, we got along really well, and we actually... Well, hello, we had a really big bottle of wine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it took us another week and a half to finish that thing? I believe it. So Trader Joe's, I don't know if they still have them, but if they do, I think it was called Rosso. 
R-O-S-S-O is Italian wine. It might have been a Shiraz or red blend. It might have even been a Pinot Noir. I don't remember. It's a three-liter bottle of wine. So that's three bottles of wine in one. It was gigantic. It was delicious. It was $20. I drove it down almost as a gag gift to like the house to celebrate the house. And we enjoyed it just as downtime. And yeah, it was, it was just a lovely time. I encourage anybody, A, to, if you're a rare breed or breed that's not known particularly for agility, go ahead and look up that free report that the list that does the five list, the five, check it out, see where you are. You could be surprised. You don't know. Pull reports. You can pay $10 if you're a breeder of merit, they're free. And just see, see where you are because invitationals is really about, it should be called like, sounds so cheesy, celebrationals because it's, it is about celebrating the accomplishment in your breed. And there's yeah. definitely some breeds like not to pick on the bulldog, although there was amazing bulldog, the guppy, Sarah, Sarah Cunningham's guppy. Amazing. There are, in general, this is just in general, there are more bulldogs that are less athletic than athletic. Right. But what Invitationals does is it brings the athletic ones there. Same with Basset Hounds. And so it's really fun to see the absolute top of the breed because all of these breeds to some point, I mean, the bulldog was bred to grab the bull's nose and hold it down. They had to be athletic. But it's fun to see the the agility, the agileness of these dogs and these breeds and these varying breeds all in one place in this exciting environment, these great vendors. Okay, speaking of vendors, tell us what you bought. Uh, well, before I even went to Invitationals, <laughs> <laughs> I bought, I mean, I bought a decent amount of souvenir. I'm actually, I have to, I, I only bought this say. one shirt I'm wearing. And it's not the sparkly one. No, I didn't know the sparkly <laughs> patch was there. So that was another point of your unorganized that you didn't fail to read the instructions that there was a sparkly option. I missed the sparkly the patch. I pulled out one of my shirts that had a sparkle and I thought Kara was going to have a heart attack. I was, I was literally thinking about going over and stealing it. I thought about it for a hot <laughs> second. I was like, as she wouldn't as I know. Pulled it out, she was like, there are sparkles. She wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I did buy some, some stuff beforehand. I bought myself a souvenir jump. One of the jumps that was used in the event with Sirius's name on it. With the vendors there, I actually bought a really cool, fancy for me, um, leather collar with some rhinestones that for Sirius. I bought some new crepe mats. What else? Did I, I think I actually withheld myself. But they had a lot of shopping. They had a lot of like dog toys, shoes, beds, a lot of collars. Mm. I mean, pretty much collars and leashes that you can imagine. Shirts, clothing. They massage therapist there. Oh, oh, thank you. Shout out. I'm ridiculous. I didn't get the name. I'm sure it's on the vendor list. Now I've been to a lot of shows. I always get massages at these shows. This year, the students, the therapists, the whatever you call them that were there, phenomenal. I, I was in a half hour for a great price. I got one of the best massages of my life and I've had a lot of massages. Nice. I can't tell you. And it was funny. I had, I, I like to talk with them a little bit if they're willing to talk. Cause I get it. They're probably like, I don't want to talk to these people, but 
this woman I kept saying to her, I said, I'm just going to be out. She was digging in really deep. I said, this is one of the best massages I've ever had. She goes, I love dog show people. She goes, normal people, you dig in a little bit. They're like, ow, they start squirming. She goes, you dog show people, I'll be digging my hardest and you're sleeping on me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Because she's dealing with, she, they're right by the confirmation. So they're dealing with these these people that are in f- flats or semi-heels for hours on end in skirts. Nope. They're uncomfortable on cement. I mean, agility, we're on cement, but we're also running around in these fancy-ass tennis shoes on this nice-ass turf. Like, come on. Oh. Oh, that was a highlight. I feel like I'm missing out now. I feel like I'm You have to go. It was like 30 bucks or 40 bucks for a half hour. And it was unbelievable. And you can do 20 minutes on your back, 10 minutes on your feet. You can do all 30 minutes on your back. Or like all that would have been good for my shoulder. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that was my favorite part of invitationals that and that big yeah. bottle of wine yeah i think uh it definitely did not disappoint i i was i'll be honest when i went pushed myself to kind of get qualified and all that um i wasn't sure i was gonna do it again i wasn't sure i wanted to to push as much to try and go but i would i would absolutely go again were you disappointed in anything i don't think so okay that's fair Yeah, it was, I mean, I was disappointed because, you know, COVID and, you know, you really couldn't have, I mean, they did allow spectators, even though, so initially they said no spectators. They did end up allowing a limited amount of spectators in the building. They had to go through all of the same COVID waivers and, you know, mask requirements that we did, which is how my dad was able to come uh, because he saw it on the local news that they had advertised it. That's cool. To I come. Have, because I, have I told to say, him he couldn't come. I felt very safe there. I felt safe last year. I actually felt safer this year. I tell you, the AKC did a couple things really, really right with COVID. One is I watched Emmanuel Handler, I think it was first run, jumpers, first run, first day. Go in the ring, masked, drop the mask to run, which is what many trials allow. But we were clearly... Clearly instructed. It was, you couldn't read it any clearer. Yeah, it was all over the place. Masks all the time, even while running. This woman dropped her mask. She ran the course. She had a very nice run. And she got a big fat E because she dropped her mask. Kudos to that judge. I wish I knew who it was. I'm sorry I was not paying attention. Kudos to the AKC for upholding the rules because that's one of the critiques the AKC takes often is, they set these rules, but they never uphold them. EOTT, unaltered, all American dogs won't go there. But so, point being, kudos, you upheld that rule. And then there was a gentleman, he's always there. I feel like he's head of security or head of something for AKC, but not like, not events, but like how events run. And he might have just been part of the convention center, but he was so polite, but so on point with people's masks would fall or they drop and he would just look you in the eye and he'd point to his mask and he was nonchalant about it but stern and at finals sarah melissa and i were all sitting up top i was drinking drinks like apple juice um (laughs) and sarah and melissa were eating thai food that p.s you can have delivered directly to the convention center the watson parking lot fyi your future you can get really good thai food delivered so to this massive building but anyways 
they were eating and he would look at them and they would just hold up their bowls to show that they were eating. And he'd be like, oh, okay, okay. He was very appropriate, but he was on point And he really, I felt like my safety was well-equipped in his hands. And I yeah. just wanted to thank him and the AKC for, you know, it's COVID. I don't want to become complacent. I get it. We've got a variant that's highly, highly, highly contagious. Uh, but for the vaccinated folks, it does seem to be a true annoyance, but not a death bed sentence or a hospitalization. Uh, actually, my mother has COVID right now, and she is triple vaccinated. She got three vaccinations, and she is here after Christmas suffering from COVID. And I just feel like the AKC did what they could in the times that they had to make an event as safe as possible and run as smoothly as possible. I felt comfortable there, and I'm a germaphobe. I agree. I felt I felt very comfortable. Um, a couple people beforehand, you know, when you say Florida, everybody's like, "Oh, you're going to Florida during yeah, COVID," it, which it? which actually I think the numbers technically were lower. Yes, in Florida, Florida was, they were up north. Florida was way lower than New England. But I think a lot of that's because we're in New England winters now. But regardless, I actually felt very safe there. I felt very safe the entire time. I felt that they did their due diligence with the checks at the doors and upholding everything. So I, I agree. I felt very safe. I don't, I don't feel like, you know, I just, I just felt very, very safe there and I greatly appreciated it. All right. What was your overall favorite part? And this can be anything. It could be the drive. It could be a run. It could be a crating person. It could be a run, whatever. What was your favorite part of Invitationals? Oh, that's a hard one. I think my favorite part was just hearing the cheering from everybody and knowing that you have like all of your people there and that support group for every run, no matter what happened. Yeah. That was really huge. I mean, you know, the whole event, there's so many things I can pick out that could be potentially favorites, but I mean, and, and just going and seeing serious, just walk into this environment completely unfazed and just being like, okay, we're here to do agility. I'm here with my mom. I'm here to do agility. Agilities. And it's just, it was huge, but it really is. I mean, there were so many people that, that we knew that were, that were, we all literally just celebrated each other being there. That was my favorite part. I, I was out of it in my own headspace. I wasn't in the right headspace. I was the, like I said, nonchalant and cocky all at the same time. And then I was just like, you know what? F it. I am where I am. I came. I ran. I had fun. I'm most proud of Debbie's standard run where she had the debacle of a dog walk. But that run was, she's eight and a half. And I know people are like, that's nothing. For a boxer, considering their lifespan is between eight and ten, that's something. She's running faster than ever. And, and I just, I can't believe it. So my favorite part was cheering for people and just running my heart out with, with Debbie. I am sad and excited and disappointed that there was the Walter show. I, I wanted to keep that local. I didn't want that to go national. Oops. That's right. You can't, <laughs> you can't take the Walter show out of Walter. No, and he has not entered in nationals. Just the girls. <laughs> I am not stupid. You know, actually, one thing that we didn't touch upon, we didn't talk about breed medals. Oh. And I think you're, you know, you're, you're at invitationals, which I kind of thought was interesting. Like you go to nationals and everybody is like, 
you have to go clean. You have to run fast. You have to run your heart out. There's multiples and see where you can get into the finals. But at Invitationals, what I think is really interesting and potentially very, very competitive, the most competitive aspect of it, other than just trying to get there. I mean, obviously, with some breeds, you have to be the top five regular height to get in. But only one of each breed per height is going to get into the finals. And I actually saw this amongst different breeds where there were two, like there were two dogs that ran four clean. And at that point it does come down to speed points. Yeah. Like the, the peer shepherds. Yeah. And, and the tollers, I don't know if any of them listen. There were two tollers that ran four clean, both equally in, in speed and consistency. And it actually ended up coming, coming down to 0.4 seconds between the two of them. 0.4 seconds. It was a wide turn in a in in a jumper's course or something like that 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 could have that potentially made the difference there between them. So it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I, same thing with um, Linda Brogdon Burns, Brogdon Burns, who had the German Shepherd, preferred German Shepherd. She won by a point. She came down, but there was another German Shepherd that just ran clean ahead of her and was just faster. That's that's what it came down to, and. For some teams, I actually felt badly for them because they they did everything they possibly could. They ran their cleanest. They ran their best. But there was just someone better than them. And to walk away, I hope those teams walk away with such pride because to run clean at Invitationals alone is a mega compliment, accomplishment. Huge compliment. They just don't walk away with that medal or the finals. And I feel like that can be deflating. But everyone I spoke to, that it particularly was their first invitationals, were still very high-spirited and very excited. So I hope they walk away knowing that just because you don't you don't get those things doesn't mean that you didn't accomplish everything that you possibly could. And, and again, I, I have the flip side. I, I was spoiled. I First year, I got the breed medal, and that was it. The second year, I did not get the breed medal because Cannon, who was faster, did. But I got because I had dropped a bar, I got like second working, fastest working dog. You got some money. Like you get all these, you go up and you scan your tag and all these things just started coming at us last year. And it was amazing. This year. That is cool. The, the, the money. You can actually win. Right. This year <laughs> I went up to the table and I was joking with them. It was Sandy Moody and a bunch of other people. And I was like, can we go back to last year? And they're like, why? And I was like, because I would come up here and just scan for a Q ribbon and you guys were handing me money and do all these other prizes. And I was like, that's not happening this year. <laughs> so I think invitationals is a, is a really hit or miss. It's course dependent. It's who gets there dependent. And not everybody that gets there, there are people that run for invitationals. There are tragedies. There were dogs that got injured. There were people that decided COVID was too much. There were people that decided driving alone because their partner backed out was too much. It's, it's so daunting just trying to get there. And then when you actually get there, I think the message I want to get across is no matter what happens there, enjoy the fact that you're there. Yeah. That's, that was the point I wanted to get across to everybody that was their first time. And I really, really, really want to encourage anybody that's running a breed, particularly a rare breed, the Stabehund, the, well, Pumis do pretty well, but Michelle, what are the two rare breeds? The Quaker Hunjin, the Enel Beaker Mountain Dog, 
Yes, and then the Chesapeake Bay Retrievers. Yep, they're they're pretty rare to see in agility. Yep, there are actually uh, there are some that there was only one Bracco Italia, uh, Italiano. Yep, and she's local to us. Yeah. So yeah, celebrate the fact that you're there and just have fun. And I I just have to real quick. I think we kind of touched a little bit on it, but I want to give a major huge kudos to our friend Melissa. Yeah. Because I could not do, do what she did. I couldn't do what she did. I, so our friend Melissa <laughs> at the cluster where we had this national agility championship where she actually placed second in the 24-inch class. There's a lot of fun at our cluster, the, which is actually the biggest agility trial, bigger than nationals. But it's not as spread out, so it's it seems smaller, but it is actually bigger by numbers. Melissa's dog, that morning she went to a hunt test and her dog came up lame. And when you, when you go, there were veterinarians on site and it's hard to diagnose, but when you go to a veterinarian and an agility dog comes to you, a you know, you see a horse, it could be a zebra. When an agility dog comes to you with a limp and you can't find anything obvious, it tends to be shoulder. So Melissa did everything she could. She got into ortho vets. They were like, well, I don't really see anything wrong with the shoulder. I'll call it a sprain, but there's no instability. So... I'm really not calling it anything. And she was left with all these questions. And then finally she looked at his paw and saw there was like a thorn in it. And it was deep in it. It wasn't just like, oh, a little thorn. It was it was like a stick in his paw. And luckily his body expelled it, but it took four and a half weeks. And she, at the point, still thought it was a shoulder injury, not knowing it was his paw. Drove all the way down to Florida because she's like, look, I paid for everything at this point. And she videoed all of her friends' runs. She painstakingly for probably an hour sat in the photograph line getting all of us yep she drew made the drive with her dog yeah that she had pulled from the competition and were there moments where you could see she was kind of like like the first time she marked him absent yeah yeah but she was the best sport apps like good sportsmanship award Needs to go to her. Yep, absolutely. Tempo is doing fine, doing well. I saw him today. She came to get um, some acupuncture from a veterinarian. And, but yeah, I I couldn't go because I couldn't watch. I, just, I, I couldn't. And I, couldn't. I know people from previous years understand, particularly last year with COVID, there were people that tr- truly just decided not to go because of COVID. Um, we didn't have the vaccine. We weren't where we are now. Not that we're that much safer, but at least less people are dying. So anyway, she, I commend her for that. And I'm grateful for her. I mean, I went out, we had a lot of fun dinner. I mean, I had such a blast with her. So, but here's the thing. At the end of the day, the great news is Tempo is so young. He's four. She has many more invitationals ahead of her. I'm excited to see him. Yeah. And was this a bummer? Yeah, it's a big fat bummer. But there were a lot of people that missed it because of injury. There were people that missed it because of bitches in season. There was a lot of people that missed it. There were people that, you know, our friend Denise didn't, she had somebody to drive with and then suddenly was alone. So the invitationals is something to work hard for, but it's not something to blink at when you say no to. I'll be honest. The two, well, so I actually, I had started wearing a mask Probably about six weeks prior yeah. to the invitationals. You were good about it. 
And well, and a bunch of people are like, oh, are you prepping for invitationals? And I'm just like, no, I'm just paranoid that I'm not going to get to go to invitationals for some reason. <laughs> and I, I'll be honest, because I did have to opt not to go last year because of COVID, I was so paranoid leading up to this that so many things could happen at the last second that it just wouldn't happen. I mean, your dog could slip on the ice going down right. the stairs. Like, there's so much. I mean, I- literally... Not even a week before we left for invitationals. I don't know if I even told you this story. We had roofers come to the house. They left my gate open. I got distracted when I got home, and I forgot to check the gate. And I had five dogs running loose in my town. Oh! <laughs> That's exciting. And the, and the last dog to come back was serious. And all oh. I could think about was I'm not going to invitationals. I, I, hi, my dog's gone. <laughs> I don't know where yeah. he is. Like, I don't know where he is. So, you know, things can just happen in an instant. So it is it is extremely rewarding to to be able to go and just enjoy being there. Yeah. So, so we encourage right. everybody, particularly if you have a not Border Collie, Papillon, or Sheltie, not to dissuade anybody. But we encourage you all to look at the stats, see where you are. There's only six months to go. You You could make it. We'd like to see you there. Ask us any questions. We'll try and remember to post the maps. Sorry, I'll try and remember. Maybe to post some them. of our runs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll post. Uh, I'll definitely post the Walter show, which is not my proudest moment. I'll post my proudest NQ moment. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, we're back at it again. We are. Hopefully, fingers hopefully. crossed. <laughs> well, we're going to discuss in our next episode why we were back and then not back and then back and then not back and you know again this is a passion project for us we we only spend money to do this (laughs) we make no money we spend money so um you know again so like review subscribe yes do all all the fun things. things do all the fun things and when we eventually get our patreon page up be a patreon of our patreon page let and us yeah. know what you want to see. Let us know what uh, you want us to talk about. Yes. you. Everybody comes up to me at trials and they're like, when's your next episode? Well, how about you tell me what my next episode should be? I mean, we have plans. Do not get me wrong. Michelle and I have an Excel <laughs> spreadsheet. We could talk for hours and days. But we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Right? So right. Invitationals was big in our life. We're going to talk about it. We're definitely going to talk about puppies. We're definitely going to talk about nationals. We're definitely going to get more judges back on the, on the um, interviews here. But... What do you guys want to hear about? We are entrenched in agility, primarily AKC. We're open to other things. I could talk about everything and anything. I definitely want to get back to trial etiquette. But anyways, we want to talk about what you want to hear about. So tell us what you want to hear. We want to know. We want to know. And stop All asking right. for the next episode without giving suggestions. Boom. There you go. <laughs> All, All right. right. On that note. On that note. Goodbye. Bye.